Athletes, take your mark, get set. It's time for the Attic to Athlete podcast. Everybody out there, Coach Blue Robinson here. I want to give you all a special thanks and a sincere sense of gratitude for downloading, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. Here we are now starting episode two in season four. I'm kind of excited to have uh, have this podcast reach so many, and it's because of you, the people who give us reviews, who, who share this with the folks that uh, may need help with mental health, awareness, addiction, recovery, and a lot of stuff in between. So thank you all so much. Um, as we approach September, we are in National Recovery Month, and so please reach out to people who you might know need help. It's the best way to get them help is to share some of this stuff with them and kind of lighten the, the tone, because sometimes talking about mental health and addiction recovery gets kind of hard. You can find a lot of resource on our website, addict2athlete.org. We have tons of free resources. All of our archive podcasts are there. Um, it's hard not to find something on there that's going to help you. So I want to give a special shout out and thanks to our Patreon subscribers. You guys are rock stars. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be as far ahead of this curve in the uh, podcasting world as we are. So thank you so much to our super fans, Jerem Thurston, Holly Davies, Scott Foster, Coach Chris Williams, Brett Frew, Coach Tara Butson, Steve Riggs, Chelsea Olson, and the Warrior Within Podcast and Personal Development by Sensei KP. Our rookie level, thank you, Kenny Roseman, Earl Dyer, and Joe Jackson. Our professional level. Thank you so much, Selena Armitage, Gary Thurston, and Josh Hansen, and our championship, the top tier. Thank you so much, Shad and Freya Robison and the whole Robison family, Ron and Dee Lotion, Tracy Whitby. You guys are all rock stars. Jump on uh, patreon.com slash addict2athlete for more information and help us continue to, to sell this pirate ship of recovery. Athletes, I'm excited today. Um, we have yet another recommendation from uh, our, our, our man Carl over there in, uh, in God's country. Uh, with Primal Roots, and uh, when when he, uh, I guess, bumped into our, our guest today, he's like, man, Blue, you guys got to hear from him. And so today we are pleased to have from, yeah, from God's country on the other side of the pond, uh, Jimmy Watkins. Jimmy, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I was reading up on you. Holy cow, man. Like, we're talking World Indoor Athletic Championship record holder. You've got... You've got musical background, man. I'm like, if it's if it's been able to be experienced, you've done it. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast, brother. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. A little bit about me. Thank you for having me. Um, so I started as an athlete, I guess. Let's let's skip the childhood. Let's go to adulthood. I was an athlete. I was a runner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was a rugby player, which is like a game that uh, trolls play basically in this, Ooh, this yeah. part of the world. You know what I mean? Um, so I did all that, and then I ended up running for Wales. And then Great Britain, I went to the World Championships, got the final of the World Championships in 800 metres. I was like the first Brit in 30 years to do it. I was Welsh 800 metre record holder indoors. And then I quit when I was 25 to start a rock band. And then, and then Just I out of the blue. Just like, yeah. all right, experience, <laughs> rock band it is. I'm done, I'm done. And then I spent 10 years as a musician, really, like touring the world, playing in rock bands. So a bit of a lifestyle change. My gosh, man! Well, let's let's do let's jump into some of the athletic stuff. I want to get into everything here. Yeah. Um, running. I mean, this is one of the things that addict athlete we kind of um, we kind of introduce the individual who's coming out of addiction. And the first thing we do is to teach them that you're more than just an addict. Now you can also be an athlete. And of course, we do running because <clears throat> it's it's super easy to a certain degree. Everyone can do it if they put their mind to it. It sucks. It's hard. Uh, I say sometimes running is for criminals, but it really is this thing where it, it is it is them against themselves. Yeah, so there's not a lot of team in in in, in single running, but there's so many metaphors to life. Uh, what got you into running, and 
And dude, how did you get to a point where, yeah, you were like in the, the world indoor athletic champion, 2006. Help me understand why, <laughs> why running for you, man? I think, well, I was, I was a bit of like, I was a strange child. I was a bit quiet. I didn't really yeah. like, I had, I had like this fear of my parents abandoning me on holidays and stuff like that. So if, if they went for a meal, I always made them leave the house keys at home. So I was, I was really shy. Um, and my parents, my dad mostly was, he was kind of thinking, right, the way to get over this is to get you doing sport. So he, he just put me through all the sports. I played football, I played rugby, tennis, basketball. I tried everything and I just didn't enjoy it. And then I, I think when I became like a teenager, I started thinking my favorite thing about all these sports is the warm up, is the jog before it. I really like just the running bit. So I think when I was about 16 I just decided look let's just skip all the equipment let's not worry about the ball let's not worry about the team let's just do what I enjoy most which is just running on my own and and that's when I became a, a runner I, I I just ran because I loved it and I wasn't really coached I didn't have a proper coach until I was about 21 so I spent a lot of time just running on my own uh, and I would I would Looking back, I probably every run I did was hard. I, you know, I would leave the house and I'd run up mountains. I would really push myself. And then teachers in school would just be like, right, let's do some racing on the track. And I just kind of just took to it. And it just felt like the most natural sport for me. The, the, it felt like the perfect sport. That, that, that to me is, is what I want our listeners to understand too, though, is that it takes practice to become permanent and, and, you know, perfection. I don't know if that's even a real thing, but when you're out there and you're not running away from problems and stuff, you're running to solutions. And so I can kind of understand like maybe experiencing that and putting in real work, you know, and, and then again, man, not having professional coaching until you're 21, that's <laughs> mind boggling. Cause once then you got like a little bit of instruction Did that just like, Oh, so I can conserve energy here. I can, go faster there like what was that like to finally have like a mentor it's like you're doing great but if you do this it's going to be even better yeah it was kind of like I remember my first proper 800 meters on a track I remember running it and kind of taking everybody by surprise my dad drove mm -hmm. me down I had a quick I didn't really know how to do a warm-up I just it was all just running so I just ran yeah. to warm up you know I just ran and then I went on the track and then I remember my my dad was kind of saying, right, this is this guy's the fastest. Like he he knew my my he probably asked like who's the favorite. So it was like this guy's the fastest. And all he said was just stay with him and then go past him at the end. And that's what I did. And then all of a sudden people were like, who who's this guy? Where where's he come from? Like, we haven't seen him on this on the circuit or anything. What what's what's his story? So yeah. I I joined a group then. I started training with a group and. Yeah, like lots of things, lots of things started making sense. I realized I was doing, I was probably doing too much, which is weird. Mm. You know, I was definitely running too much and it was just about reining it in and just, just thinking of it a bit more as um, like a sport. I get, I hadn't really approached it as a sport. It was just something I loved doing. And all yeah. of a sudden, you know, I had people saying, look, this, this is a sport. You could, you could represent your country doing this. You could run for Great Britain doing this. And up until mm. then, I hadn't thought of it. It wasn't, I know it sounds crazy, but. That wasn't in my head at the time. I just ran because I loved running. Yeah. So, Did that responsibility of, of, of like, you know, you could be like the hope of a whole country and you could have a whole country <laughs> behind you. What, dude, no one's ever said that to me. So like what, what kind of like mindset do you have to have to wrap your head around that? I was, I was like, bring it, bring it. I'm ready for that. <laughs> bring it that, on. that sounds good. You know, I thought I was never the best player in the rugby team. I was never the best footballer. 
but I like the sound of being the best runner in the country. That sounds cool. Um, I yeah. like the I I just like the whole thing that like people saying that you can do this. Like this is going to be you. You Jimmy Watkins can be the fastest man in Wales, the fastest man in Britain, possibly the fastest man in the world. And to me, that just encouraged my personality to develop. I know, mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, but I kind of thought, right, so these people are into the whole package. They're into me as a person. They're not into me as a team player or someone just stands on the wing in a game and waits for the ball. They say, no, you, as you are now, you've got the potential to be one of the best runners in the world. And for me, that was like uh, affirmation of, all my weird personality traits. It was like, just go for it, be yourself, and you'll be a great yeah. runner. So I loved it. I loved Amazing. it. And, and there's, things were written in the press that this is the guy to save middle, middle distance running in Britain. And yeah, I loved wow. it. I loved Dude, it, man. That's, that is wild. <laughs> but then that's the thing, though, right? Is here's this up and comer, this, 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 this man who's taken the old, kind of the underdog kind of thing. And it's, 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 it's what every great movie's made out of. Yeah. But then at 25, you're like, all right. Pause. I'm going to go do this. Now, the cool thing about interviewing you on this is that Addict to Athlete has a sister program. It's called Addict to Artist. Okay. And basically, we use the same principles that we use, like, you know, in sports and athletics in art, whether it's music, you know, whether it's poetry, you know, painting, drawing, whatever. But, dude, you seem to have both worlds. And so tell me about your switch and why one day you're like, I'm going to do this because you really did. I've, I've researched your band. You guys, I mean, you're, you're not just a, a local, like, you know, band. You guys, you're, 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 you're pretty big. So tell me a little bit about the transition and what sparked that. What was the hanging up the running shoes and grabbing the guitar pick? Ah, uh, it's, it's taken me, I'm 38 now and it's taken me about 15 years to work it all out. But I think what it boils down to is freedom I was always after freedom, and I think that's mm. what took me away from team sport. That's what made me a runner, was the freedom. And I think I eventually realized, look, there's, there's not as much freedom as you thought in running. And I was kind of looking around me, like, what? So what What would be really similar to this, but with all the freedom? And I just thought, I get to travel the world. I get to go to all these different places, but instead of racing, I can do a gig. And yeah. I was just thought, yeah. a band, a band. But I've all, I, was, I was always into reading, I was into writing, I played guitar and I kind of as as my as my running improved and I got into bigger races, I was spending more time on my own. I would travel on my own, I would stay in hotels on my own before races. And during my di- uh, during my downtime I would read a book or I would get involved in something like that. And this sounds crazy but it made me soft. It was like it took away the competitive edge mentally and I, I just became like a I'm, people said it to my face, like, oh, you just turned into a bit of a daydreamer. You need to get that mental edge to win these races. And I could feel myself just kind of, I don't really, mm. fa- I don't fancy racing today. I, I fancy running. I love yeah. to go for a run, but I just want to go off and create stuff. So I just felt like I had this this thing that was just bugging me, like, right, you, you, this, is, this is a kind of freedom what you're doing now. But if you just, if you join the band, you could do it and you could have a lot more fun. So <laughs> I think, yeah. You're like... Mm, okay easy choice then <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah dude what do the people around you think i mean because again much like what i would say when when my athletes move from active addiction into active recovery and start running and stuff people look at them like what are you doing right yeah. but here's i'm sure you had the same situation where people saw that you have extreme talent in this and like why are you giving this up to go do that like what was it like for for you to kind of handle some of the social pressure from family friends <laughs> or like dude what it was it was all right. My my, I think 
at the time, because I was so young, I only really cared what my parents thought. And my parents were yeah. fine. They were really fine with it. Uh, looking back now, maybe they weren't. I think they were just being polite. But at the nice. time, I thought, well, my parents are cool with this. So, um, you know, they know me better than anybody else. They, you know, funny thing with parents, they watch you grow up. So I figured they know what I'm like. They know the kind of man I've become. So if they are cool with it, then let's just give yeah. them a go. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, the the athletics world, like coaches and um, pe- you know, people in charge of athletics in Britain were, were baffled by it. Totally baffled yeah. by it. But I don't but know. that's the thing. You've got to follow your heart, right? I mean, you don't just like do it because someone else wants it for you. you got to do it because you want it. Yeah, and I really, I really wanted it. I really wanted it. And it was, it was kind of like the main thing that made me motivated to run and the main thing that kept me training was music. So in my head, I was already like, music is bigger than sport because without the music, I'm not an athlete. It's simple mm-hmm. as that. If there was no music, I wouldn't train. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be enjoying my run so much because I ran listening to music. So yeah. for me, it was just like music is music is the higher power out of the two. So that's where I'm going to go it. chase. Man, I love that. But that, but there's the thing too. And a lot of my athletes will do that because being alone in their own head at the beginning, I mean, you can, I mean, running in a sense is what's called EMDR therapy. It's called eye movement desensitization reprocessing. It helps trauma that people experience get processed. And when I first started this 10 years ago, I'd be out there as a therapist running with my clients and they're telling me all these deep, dark secrets about themselves. And I'm like, dude, why are you guys not telling me this in my office? It's out here because it gets that stuff going. And so a lot of times the athletes will, will run with music because alone with those thoughts, it gets kind of scary until they learn how to control it. So what were some of the, what was some of the music that really kind of set your cadence and got, got you into rhythm? I mean, what, what kind of music was it that like really got the blood moving for you? I was I is I was funny because I was really and I still am I'm a, I'm a real big fan of like Indian music stuff with sitars and stuff like that so I would yeah. I would run a lot listen to things like Ravi Shankar um like George Harrison from the Beatles did an album called oh, Chance yeah. of India so I would listen mm-hmm. to stuff like that and it wasn't really about me getting fired up it was about me kind of like relaxing and and just I dig it kind of like just just switching off switching off and. I would I would get pumped up for races. So before races, I would listen to things like Nirvana, you know, ACDC. That would get mm-hmm. me pumped up for a race. But rest of the time, I would just be listening to chilled out stuff. And, you know, I, and I still do now when I go running. It's, it's mostly, apart from when I'm doing the running reviews, I'm, I'm running to pretty chilled out music. Yeah. So, well, but that's the thing, right? Is kind of connecting yourself mind body and spirit i mean kind of yeah. all at once like yeah you were totally. really kind of immersing yourself yeah like i used to love like it's it's so funny i can remember night like runs on my own at night more than i can remember some of the big races i did and i remember races where Seriously. i remember runs at night where i was just listening to something really chilled and i can remember the moon on a river i remember like high tide on some rivers i remember the way that i was running down a dark lane and every time I went past a streetlight, the music seemed to peak. Do you know what I mean? I can remember yeah. things like that. But yeah. ask me like, oh, do you remember that race you where you did a track record in Budapest? I'm like, I can't remember it. Because yeah, that was man. a different type of running. I was I was like an animal. I was like a racehorse then. I wasn't thinking. I was just, right, on your mark, set, go. And I was just running. But like, there's always been two types of running for me. Running where you really connect to the world around you. And running mm-hmm. when you're doing it to make other people happy. And that's what it came down to at the end of the day. Racing for me boiled down to you're doing this to make people happy, really. What really makes you happy 
is listening to Ravi Shankar playing a sitar for 10 hours and just <laughs> running on your own on the dark. <laughs> like, that's what makes you really happy. I love it, man. I'm so glad you said that because, see, the biggest problem I've had with, with some of the athletes, especially early on, was that they would love the big race days. But when they had to do the training where there wasn't any fanfare, there was no one cheering if they you know, reached a certain destination or even when they finished, there wasn't a crowd with a medal being thrown over their neck. Um, they had a hard time doing that. And I'm like, you guys have to find that that peace of mind and, and yeah. enjoy that journey of training. Because if you can't, is this going to be a label of, of, of like pain and strife and struggle? I love the fact that what you're saying is find your rhythm you know, and, yeah. and just flow with it because you're right. Those kind of experiences, those peak experiences, man, that's what it's all worth. And, and you know, you can Definitely. leave everything out there if you were in the right mindset, right? Definitely. And the mad, the beautiful thing about running is you can have those peak experiences on any day. You could have them at two, on Tuesday at half past 10 in the morning. You could just go for a run and something will happen and it will stay with you for the rest of your life. It will shape the way you think creatively about the world. It will shape the way you feel you fit in the world. And it's a Tuesday morning and you're just out jogging. You haven't entered a race. You're just out on your own. So, Absolutely. you know, yeah. I love it. I love it. But that's the thing. So when you started getting into music, tell me about the, about the music career. Tell me a little bit about the flow that maybe is similar to running as it is up there playing and just being in that moment. Like, you know, you know, the, the, finding the flow. Because I'm sure there were times when, you, like, you were just like, I could play forever. Like, this is just great. What's What are the similarities and what are the big differences between the athletic world and the artistic world? Yeah, cool. Good question. I think the if if done properly, the similarities are that both of them will teach you a lot about yourself in surprising ways. You'll suddenly have a realization about yourself. I remember with songwriting, I would be working on stuff and then I would suddenly realize that this works better when I'm not really thinking and I just kind of it's just the first thing that pop into my head is the best thing. So, I it, I would learn to like trust like my my instincts, my subconscious to really tell me what was going on with my own my own brain without overthinking things and and like that was true with running the days where I didn't overthink it was the days I learned a lot about myself because I would give those thoughts which were usually like kept quiet by daily nonsense I would give them space in my head mm -hmm. so those are two big similarities um showing off I'm a massive show off uh yeah so like yeah. I used to I would deliberately race in a way to show off you know I would hold back on purpose and then put a big finish in, and I loved that. And then I loved that kind of thing with a band, the showing off. Uh, but I think that's kind of like where it ends. That, that's where it ended for me. It, and it all went wrong when running, looking back on running, running really made me comfortable with who I was. Right. But music really made me kind of want to be somewhere else or someone else. And mm -hmm. that's, that was the big difference between them. Like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. Just something went wrong somewhere that's and interesting yeah instead of just trusting who i was i kind of felt the need to be someone someone else but see that's the thing though and i think that this is why i love the two groups with our addict to athlete and addict to artist and, and i think you're going to be able to understand this completely when when the athletes are out there they're performing they they are they're showing like they, they themselves in the world kind of what strength they have yeah. but art is a very different peace of mind because you are sharing now and instead of showing now you're sharing something yeah. intimate with you that that may be criticized right that may be like hmm yeah i don't know if i would have sang it like that or i don't really like that tune or you know what i'm saying so it's a art is a lot more vulnerable than athletics yeah. and don't get me wrong athletics can be but 
I think art, it comes because it comes from you instead of an ability you have. I'm thinking that is a rough like curve. And I noticed this with my, my artists when um, there was one instance where I had an athlete or an artist who, who put this, this picture up that she had taken. And uh, we were, she was selling it to raise money for our nonprofit. And when we looked at the price, it was like way low. And I'm like, why are you pricing this amazing picture for less than what you bought the frame to frame it in? And she's like, <laughs> right. oh, I don't know. And I'm like, you can't do that. I'm like, bump it up. And she was yes. like, how much? And I'm like, how much do you think? And she's like, maybe 50. I'm like, come on, at least 100. And she's like, really? Who's going to buy it for 100? Dude, damn, she sold it immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, right. isn't that the funniest thing, how we devalue ourselves in those kind of things? But you can go out and run with confidence. But that art is something different because people could criticize it. So yeah. it's like. It's a totally. different thing, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And I think what, what I started feeling was that with making art, I would be insecure about putting it out there. So I would kind of try and heighten my personality. So I would think, oh, if people didn't really like the art, they'd be like, yeah, but he's a, he's a character. He's really crazy. So like, don't worry about the art. Look look how mad that guy is. And yeah. we're running. It's like, you can't do that. You can't you can't be a, a lunatic on, on a track. You can't smash up guitars and, and run yeah. on a track drunk. So... It kind of with running your personality is put aside and all that matters is kind of like for you how much you're enjoying it and as a sport how well you're doing that's all that matters but rug um but music is 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 people's take on it it's how people how people feel about what you're doing and mm-hmm. i would kind of think people might not like this music but i'm gonna make sure they like me as a person and that that was that was my downfall like that yeah that's where it all went wrong but i started mm-hmm. worrying about you know, try and get my personality to be bigger than the things that matter to me. Yeah. So eloquently, you've bridged the gap between the two of them. <laughs> and this is why I want to spend some time here because I'm thinking you saw a way for these two worlds to completely collide and and make something out of it. So tell me about the bridge now because you had to take two passions that you totally loved and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put these things, these two things together. So Tell me a little bit about that mindset and how you came up with that. Uh, so with running punks and the running reviews and everything. Um, yeah. It was kind of, I I guess you've got to look at like why I started running again. So I started running again in 2019, January the 1st. I was like, that's it. Enough. Great enough. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I figured like if, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it either on my birthday or the start of the year. It has to be like a really significant date because I kind of feel like the whole calendar is relying on you. Like, right, you've, yeah. you've decided to do this on the first day of the year. You better not mess it up. So, and I made the decision in October to do it, but I kind of like, let's just get the January the 1st and do it. I started running and at that point in my life, I wasn't interested in anything. I was no longer interested in music. I wasn't really writing any music. I wasn't, I was no longer in a band. Um, so I, I wasn't interested in anything really. and. I was like, I need to run. I'm really unhealthy. I kind of hate myself. My life sucks a bit. Um, I'm getting old. My hair's falling out. Let's do something about <laughs> yeah. it. So <laughs> I started running. Yeah. And when I was running, the first thing I noticed was, oh my word, it's impossible to feel sorry for myself when I'm running. This is like the first time in about five years I haven't felt sorry for myself. I'm just kind of working out. How is this? Go- How can I get better at this? So I kept on mm-hmm. running. And I kept on relying on music like I did as an athlete. I kept on relying on music to get me out the door. And I fell in love with music again. I just totally reconnected with it in a new way. In a new way. I saw how music kind of helped me find my place in the world. And I'd, I'd go back and I was listening to 
lots of weird things like Turkish psychedelic music, um, a playlist called Sounds of Sudan. So just really music mm-hmm. that was full of heat. You know what I mean? That's all I can describe yeah. it. it. was like I had these images, these guys playing these songs in the desert. It was full of heat. It was full of positivity. And I just started reconnecting with music in like a way I hadn't since I was a teenager. Uh, and I thought, something going on here. I've fallen in love with running and music at the same time. That must mean yeah. that they can exist together. Like, finally, right. they can exist together. The two of them fit together. So um, I kept on running for like a year. I made good progress. Uh, I was still kind of drinking at this time. I was drinking on and off. Um, but I would go maybe like three months without a drink, and then I would get back on it. Then, you know, my, my head would be a mess. And then kind of COVID hit. We had lockdown. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to run. I was like, I don't want to go out and run. I can't. I don't. I don't fancy. It. I'm. I'm scared of the world out there. I don't want to go out there yeah. and run. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking, like, I've got to do it. I've got to do it because running has helped me so much so far. I've got to find a way to get out there and run. I remember I was walking back from the shop after doing the essential shop. I'd like hand sanitize everything, and I was like, this sucks, man. This is. I don't feel good. I'm. I'm. I feel things are gonna go wrong here any minute. And then all of a sudden, I just thought. I tell you what will get me running. If I go out and run and I'll film myself listening to music for the first time, something different for the first time, and I just film it and I give myself a little project to do. And that was it. All I did one and all of a sudden I was addicted. I, was, I, was, I put a video online, I edited it, and I, I was just watching thinking, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. It's, it's just me running, shouting about music. And I just thought, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. It's got me out running again. It's got me enjoying it. So let's just put it online, see what happens. And it just took off. It just totally took off. And yeah, and the two just came together. And it's just been amazing. It's been amazing. It's so funny. So tell tell me a little bit about that too, because I'm curious. Yeah, the pandemic. And, And it's kind of funny that you're like, you just kind of started fizzling out again because again it takes away that freedom. I mean, yeah. not that you couldn't, but it's like, well, what's the point when there's there's this you know this this death lingering out there somewhere that we didn't know. Obviously, there's a lot yeah. we've learned over the years, but yeah. I totally remember that. But like you just said, freedom is super important to you, and when when freedom's taken away, even vicariously through something that's out of your control, I can understand you. How in tune are you with with your mood like that? Because so many of us get into a funk and we don't recognize it. We just think it's circumstantial where you're like walking back and you're like, wait a minute, man, I've, I've, I'm still not doing good. I've got to do something. Is that something you've had to lean into or you've always been aware enough of your mindset to be able to recognize when you've got to do something out of, out of the box to get you back on track? I, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it's just certain things I can pick up on and, um, if I'm not feeling kind of, I think it comes down to like creativity. If I don't feel like I tend right. to wake up every morning and I, I have like a few ideas. I wake up and I'm like, oh, this is a cool idea. And I'll, I'll put it down as like a song or, <clears throat> and if that stops, if I start waking up and the first thing that's on my mind is worry, then I'm like, mm, <laughs> so, it's not right, man. Like something, something's gone wrong here. And, and that's where it was. It was just nonstop worry, which is understandable. And yeah. I kind of just thought I need, I want that creativity back because feeling creative just just makes me feel alive it really makes me feel alive and having ideas pop out of nowhere for me it's like that's just like the the best thing in the world and i i thought that's not happening and i need to start running again i need to find something that's going to keep me running because when i'm running that's when i feel good so yeah yeah, i never really 
It's every, hard. But you've done yeah. this multiple times. That we've talked about this, and I'm like, okay, you're like, I gotta do something on the anxiety of having some family kind of like worries, and then you all of a sudden you're like, I gotta you know, do this because running you know puts me into a mindset of being able to accomplish big things, and it's like, okay, now running's kind of fizzling out. I want to do this music thing. You, I'm not sure how you're doing it, but you you are aware enough that when it becomes to a point, you're like, all right, something has to change. The courage to do something new, to step out of that comfort zone, it sounds like you almost make it easy. But I know it's not. It's not for anybody. Yeah. But why do you think so many people get stuck in this mundane experience where they're just like the grind every day, the same thing, but they're afraid to like try something new because it's running career to, to music. That's a pretty big leap. But then, you know, music yeah. career back into running and music. Now you're like, you're not just typecasting yourself to one paradigm why do you think so many of us get stuck in one paradigm of life? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have like lots of friends who say to me, I don't know how you do it. I don't, I don't know how you just got the balls to just go, right, I'm going to do this and do that. Yeah. And not only that, like people who know me, they, they just like, you don't, you don't seem to fear it. And that's the mad thing is that you just, we just know that once you've got an idea, you're going to go for it. Um, but that's just what people see on the outside. For me, I am scared. I am, and I do worry about looking like an idiot, and I do worry about things not going wrong. But I think I'm just a big believer in hard work, and yeah, it does. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to look like hard work from the outside. But to me, it is. You know, not not hard work in the way of like, I'm like don't get me wrong. I, I don't work hard like a farmer would work hard or. Like right. someone, someone yeah. who works down a mine would work hard, but I work yeah. hard to constantly figure out every day what's important to me, and those things which are important are the things I go after. So people might just think, "Oh, he's just gone for it," but those decisions I've made, there's been a lot of thought behind it. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, mm-hmm. is this worth doing? If this is worth doing, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of do it. So I'm a big believer in just really working hard and. um yeah, I don't know, and I, I like I, it. I, I don't know, maybe I don't know why. I I still think it's part of just creativity. It's kind yeah. of like running was creative. It was, and being in a band was obviously creative. And what I'm doing now is creative. Mm-hmm. So I just think if it's that kind of thing, I love it. like I just I think. If it can go, if it's gonna go wrong, I can rely on my creativity to kind of patch it up. You know when you make like a pancake and there's holes yeah. in it, you, you can pour more pancake on it, and you, you yeah, fix man. your pancake. I'm like, if it's yeah. a creative decision, I can just make it more creative, and it'll patch it all up. So that, I think that's what that's, I always go for. That's a great, that's a great analogy. That's an optimistic view because here's the deal: you learned probably pretty quick in your running career, especially early in life, that you didn't win every race you went no. to, so you had to accept loss, right? Exactly. What yeah, did it teach yeah, you? Totally. You just got to become better running, and then you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you choose something, so say I chose to be when I chose to be an athlete, it's like a pancake. You know, there's holes in it. Just put more running in it, and it'll be alright. Yep. You want to be a, you want to be in a band. Someone might tell you guitar playing sucks. Well, just work at your guitar playing, and you'll be alright. And you know, you want to be a man who's nearly forty running around shouting about rock albums. Just keep on doing it. Like if it, if it. a few don't work, just keep on doing them. Listen to more music. Think about music a bit more. So, see, so I love that. I love the fact that you're like, I don't know why. For me, seeing that that creator side um, is just the way that I am. Just like the people that aren't say to you, I can't see how you do that. I mean, 
it makes sense. It's a mindset thing. And I think yeah. a lot of times we get we get typecast into the things that we can't do instead of the things that how oh, how can I do this? It's that victim and agent kind of paradigm where and I think you're right. I think you are. You're a creator, but I think we all are. But we yeah. sometimes are afraid of how we're going to be judged by it. Like like you said, yeah. you put a, an album out there, it could go, you know, platinum or it could it could go bust. Yeah. But it's your it's your album. And so I think so many times we are so afraid of what the others are going to say about us that we we hide from it. And then we become the yeah. pessimists of like, you yeah. know, stirring the pot. And it's like, well, then get out of the way because I can create something. And I think we're all creators, but I think we all yeah. forget how to produce. Don't you think? I, th- I think, yeah. I, I mean, I look at friends who take their cars to the garage again, you tell us. And I'm like, how have you just done that? I, I'm too, I can't bring myself to go to a garage and get tires. Little <laughs> things like that. Like my, I'm like, how do you do it? How do you get the courage to just walk in a car in a car garage and ask for new tires? What? Um, yeah. But yeah, you kind of like. I just think that so much stuff is creative. That I love that analogy it. with the guys that I coach, and they're like, I'm so afraid to talk to women. I I cannot <laughs> approach women. I'm afraid. But yet they're like, but my brother who's a doofus can like get numbers from everybody. But he's the <laughs> ugliest looking guy. And I'm like, it's confidence. It's like, you know what? You're too afraid of not getting what you expect. I mean, just roll with it, right? I mean, that's yeah. like you said, you just kind of roll with it. And you're, you're, you're funny. You're kind of invested. You, you, you do things. But at the end of the day, though, you are your husband, you're a father, you're, you're a brother, you're a son, you're, you're an athlete. Yeah. You're all these other things and just the quirky, screwy guy. <laughs> that's what I love about it, right? Yeah. yeah that's totally. cool, I think. Yeah, definitely is. You know, yeah. Just go for it. You don't typecast yourself. And I think that's kind of a cool thing because as this is working for you now, there'll be a time where you're like, I got to do something different. Um, That mindset is huge because I think we're a lot of us are still stuck in the old way of like, it's the grind. It's every day the same. Um, You've been able to experience a lot of life because you haven't just just settled. Um, I think that's kind of hard for some people to to get their mind around because they all want security. And I think, like you said, security is the opposite of freedom, right? We want job security, financial security. But when you get maximum security, that sounds a lot like prison. Yeah, right. Why do you think so many people are afraid of freedom then, right? Because freedom is scary because it takes a lot of responsibility, right? Yeah, totally. It does. And, you know, ah, I've I've messed up in the past and I've had, you know, I had times where I was like pretty much like living in a car for two days. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I know where to live and... Yeah, it's it's scary, but I don't know. I don't know. I would rather just keep chasing freedom. I really would. I really would. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. Well, I like this quote. You have a quote in in a, a BBC article that they did on you last year, and it says, it, the quote is, you know, I can't stop now. You know, even on days I feel tired because it's inspiring to so many people. So how much of what you do... Um, do you do with the understanding that it's helping you, but it's also helping everybody else? I mean, does that make sense? Like it is inspiring people to get out and to do things uh, and, and to challenge themselves. Um, that I can't stop now. It's like, well, I shouldn't have started if I didn't want to keep going. How is yeah. that conceptualized, I guess, idea of like people are, are wanting this. So that means I've, I'm going to get up and do it. Yeah, that is behind everything now. That is behind everything and I still remember or I still receive messages from people from all around the world who've take done their first run just because they've seen me run to an album they like and I think the main thing that I keep telling myself is for a lot of people who are kind of outsiders into strange music 
for the first time in their life, it's them seeing someone who's like a sports jock who's got something in common with them. It's the first time in their life. Uh, and that is, it's, all of a sudden, it's like, this guy likes the same weird band that I like, and he's a runner. And it just gives yeah. them a chance to get in touch with you. It's that, it's that conversation starter that a lot of people need to kind of, hey, um, I love that you love the same death metal band as me. Uh, I'm really overweight. I'm depressed. I want to get run in. You're the first person I've seen who runs and likes the same stuff as me. Help me out. And yeah. that's that's like, to be honest with you, that's behind a lot of the decisions like the albums I run to. I kind of think, I, I sometimes go for like the big albums because I, I want as many people to see them as possible. Then I think, let's go yeah. for something really off the wall because I might just catch one or two people who love really love that music and want to get into running and have no idea where to start. So <laughs> it's, it's behind a lot of stuff. It's be, I sometimes think about it too much, but... Well, that's the thing, though. How do you stay so open-minded then? Because some people get so, I guess, typecast into a, even a genre of music that they become it becomes like a religion almost. And it's yeah. sacrilegious to even think about listening to something else. Like, I've seen some of your stuff. You have a very wide scope of interest. And so it's like, <laughs> how do you not find yourself like saying, oh, that stuff like is, is horrible. Like country music, blah, you know. <laughs> I've done how a few do you country your, ones. Yeah. Yeah. How do you keep your mind and, and your, your, I guess, your, your heart open to like new stuff and finding the good, even in stuff that's like, this is a yeah. stretch, but. I can I, feel it. Like to me, I'm thinking that's creator to creator. But what do you think? I I look for the person in in the album. I look for the person who's made it, and I look for the person who's trying to tell the listener something. That's what I do. So that's I will cool. kind of like, you know, at the start, maybe death metal is not my thing. I'm getting I'm getting to like it now. But I would just be aware that there was a per, there's a person making that who's who's got who's had parents who's grow, who's started life as a little as a young person. They've grown up. This is what they want to do. So, you know, I can't, I'm not going to slag them off for doing that. And I just, I really look for the person and I look for the journey going through an album. I just think that someone, lots of people make albums, they might not be aware of it. And I've had messages of artists saying, I didn't even aware, I wasn't even aware that I was saying that on that album. But I just think if you're doing art, a lot of it will, you'll be just chucking stuff out your brain. And then without knowing it, there'll be a narrative there. And I just look for that. And I just look for maybe what made this person put all these songs together as an album? What's the story about it? What's that saying about the people in the band? So I yeah. kind of forget about genres. And I just think I just think about the people who started off as kids learning instruments. And I just I just That's... try and find them in the music. That is so cool. You know, it's interesting you say that too, because um, <laughs> death metal, you know, I'm like, holy crud, the scream rock and stuff. And I met a gentleman from a band um, called The Ghost Inside, and they are very much one of those heavy metal screaming bands. And I'm like, not my genre, but I met him after the band went through a terrible bus accident. Dang near killed every one of them on this bus. And they're, they're he I mean, they had to stop producing and creating music for years. My and word. when they finally came back after all these years of doubt, of speculation, of like, of like heavy duty, like medical issues, their first song back was about their experience, about finding redemption through the, the tragedy. And I'm like, that? And I talked to, to, to the, the, the guy I know, the bass player, and I'm like, dude, how in the world? He's like, he's like, it's real. So now I have a different perspective on it. Like you said, the person behind it, I'm not just hearing the noise. I'm like feeling the energy. And I'm like, I love that you said that because I would have never have found myself listening to that until I knew something personal about the per people creating yeah. and producing it. 
yeah, I think it's just so easy for us to forget. There's there's people making that music, you know. There's there's yeah. people who who whose mum and dad bought them their first guitar, and they are still making that music. So, you know, I I think a lot of it for me was um, like when I when I went off the rails a bit and I was drinking too much, a lot of people gave up on me. Like like a lot of people I thought were friends kind of gave up on me. And that was mm-hmm. the hardest thing, and I still don't speak to some of them as if like they just wash their hands with me because of the way I was as a drunk person. And I kind of mm-hmm. feel like I would never do that to these people I've never met on the albums. <clears throat> I kind of feel like I know where I know where it's like to just be like this yeah. is what this is what you are as a drunk person. So that's what you like as a person all the time. I I'm aware that people do with music. This that's a metal band. I'm not interested in it. But it's like no, there's people making this like put the time in to work out what's yeah. going on, why they're telling you this story. So, yeah. Do you think that approach would have been better for you for the people that were kind of like questioning some of the alcohol and the consumption there? If they would have taken a different approach rather than a, what do you think you're doing or whatnot? Like, you know, because, I mean, it sounds like you went through an episode, but it's not fully consuming you today. So you've overcome some of that stuff. But like, do you think their approach, if it would have been different, and, and more so, like, we care about you. Like, we know you're going to make good choices, but, you know, just so you know, this is where this is where we stand. Instead of, like, maybe the the, you know, the lines that they drew or the, you know, you do this or else. I don't think people understand how to approach that kind of stuff. I mean, no, you were always no. in that mindset of, like, not allowing yourself just to be consumed. But they didn't realize that until yeah. it was too late, probably, for that relationship. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's kind of you'd be aware that you would be in a nuisance <laughs> and there'd be a little voice yeah. saying, I wish I could just stop. I wish I could just stop what I'm doing right now, but I can't something that's something's making me do this and I can't stop it. And, and then you'd have the, like you'd have the lectures the, the next day and it was never kind of like, man, you were right. You know, yeah. it was, it was always like, you really upset me last night. And I'm just thinking, tell you what I upset myself. And I was like, I love you as a friend, but I'm still trying to get over how much I upset myself right now. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But that's the thing, though, too. And to a certain degree, it's like those, I find this, I find that actions always speak much louder than words. And so yeah. the redemption comes when they see one of your videos or they, they hear a new song or they see a social media post. Um, and the cool part about that is you seem like the guy. That if they were to say, you know what, I gotta squash some of this stuff and, and, and reach out, you'd be like, you would be like, you know what, man, kiss off. You'd be the guy that's like, hey, thank you. You know, oh like my you word. Would, totally. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Who like, are you to like, you know, like criticize them? But like, yeah, it's funny when pride gets in the way too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Not I, allowing pride to consume you. Yeah, I'd be like, come over for a cup of tea. Let's let's hang out. It's all good. You know, I I. Yeah, no, no grudges with anybody, but you know, it's just it's it's life, it's life, <laughs> it's life. It is, it it totally is, man. <laughs> so, what's on the horizon for you? What what do you what do you see coming down the pipeline in uh, in Jimmy's world? Like, what what do you want to do? What's on the what's on the bucket list? So, at the moment, I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to encourage as many running punks as possible to go sober for September. Um, Sweet. Yeah, only only because like I I made it to six hundred days without a drink, and then I put like a post online, uh, and then I had lots of messages like, "Oh man, how did you do it? I'm really struggling." So I was replying to people, and I just thought, you know what? Let's just let's just create an event so all these people can help each other out because you know I think it'd be better that way rather than me trying to help everybody out individually. Like 
create this kind of network of people who got similar interests and are now trying to have a month off of booze. So that's the that's the main thing at the moment. Um, is that uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff at music festivals. So I've just done a big music festival in Wales with Rodri, my 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 business partner. We're running punks, and we were taking people running at music festivals. And oh, I love it. Yeah. That's the think, coolest thing. Yeah, I think people were like, that's not going to work. But over four days, we took 90 people running, like 90 different people running at a music that, festival. That, that's not going to work. That sounds like it's working to me. I yeah. know. I know. So um, we clocked we clocked about 70 kilometers in four days. Like one day, we ran, we ran a half grief. marathon. grief. Yeah. Yeah. It was mad. Man, that so is awesome. Had, yeah, we just had a little, a little gazebo. With like running punks outside there, and people were mm-hmm. kind of like, "What? What's what's the crack? What's the what story?" And like, "Oh, I'm a runner. My friend Rodri's a runner. Just so you know, if you want to go for a run, I'll, we know some routes. Like we've we've scoped the area out. We know where to go running. Come here. Tell us how far you want to run, and we'll take you." Uh, and oh man, the first day there were like twenty five people turned up in the morning, <laughs> and they were like, "Can we go for a ten kilometer run?" I was like, "No problem." So we went for a run. Then we came back and. Because we were like running around the festival site. People were seeing us and then love it. like an hour after the first run, 15 people came and they're like, can you, would you take us for a run? Like, yeah, yeah, I took you for a run. So no way. yeah, yeah, it was wild. So that is so cool. I, I love it. Being from Wells, I, I thought maybe you'd be like a, a mad cyclist or something, but running, man, <laughs> it's a little more intimate with, with nature, right? Yeah. And there's something about, like you were saying, when you, when you run with people, they open up to you. When you're side by side with yeah. another person something happens isn't it like as soon yes. as you're side by side you, people just open up much more than if you're face to face with them particularly men i think men would be much more yeah. open with you if they standing next to you and moving you know like you're so right jack yeah. kerouac on the road two guys in the car side by side talking they're not they're not facing each other are they <laughs> like uh-huh. That's, that's how men go yeah. on their adventures it's, together it's the craziest thing is you've, you've seen it then you know exactly what i'm talking about you've lived that Hundred percent. Like I, I ran with people for the first time at this festival. People I've never met before, and I, I heard all sorts, you know. And then I saw them later at night, and they were having a good time. The run, the run sorted them out, give them a bit of balance. Dude, that is so that is so awesome. Hey, on Team Addict Athlete, we've got thousands of athletes. We want in on this sober September thing. I wanna, yeah, do it. I want to connect with you and get some of our athletes to jump over and 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 commit. So, so amazing. tell me about social media. How do we contact you? How do these how do these athletes that I have? Because I think our whole team will will back you up in this. I would love to get them. That would be amazing on the on the running punks, uh, you know, radar. Yeah. So find running punks on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, um, and it's like I'm just I'm gonna put posts up a couple of times a week about what helped me to to stay sober. So today I put one up about find your sober hero. Like there's someone out there you admire, and it'll blow your mind if you find out they're sober. So have that person as your this person's done that sober. So for me it was the it's the rapper Kendrick Lamar. He's like he's my musical hero anyway, and the fact that he's teetotal that really made me like. If he can do all this, if he can be the biggest rapper in the world and he's teetotal, I'm going to do it. So I'm just putting little tips like, um, like I, I put like find your hero. Uh, the other day I put um, kind of like listen to love more than fear. So I I kept trying to stop drinking because people tell me this, gonna, this is bad for your body. Like this is going to, you're going to be ill if you keep on drinking. But then I was thinking when I'm drunk, I don't care about my body. I need to find something 
else rather than yeah. fear. So I just thought about the things that I love and how I can do more of them if I was sober. So little things like I love going for a drive late at night. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, me too, so, man. Yeah. I, if I'm sober, I can thing. go for a drive mm-hmm. every night. It's no problem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love reading in bed. If I was too drunk, I couldn't read a book in bed. So I was like, just yeah. figure, just focus on what I love more than like doing it because I'm scared of what's going to happen to me. So. Yeah, man. So, so for sure. So you've got you've got the Running Punks website, but yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Like, tell tell us, give us your handles. Yeah. So, um, I think it's all just Running Punks. Running Punks on which I can't believe nobody had. That's crazy. Um, Running Punks on Instagram. Running Punks on Twitter. I'm See, it on, was it was uniquely designed for you, man. Yeah. I know. It's like we've even got RunningPunks.com. I was like, how does how has nobody ever had Running Punks? What? Um, that's awesome I'm on Twitter as Biggie Timkins um, I started okay. when I before lockdown it was Little Timkins I've now become Biggie Timkins I've, I've graduated <laughs> matured a bit I like <laughs> yeah. it and on awesome, Inst- man. Instagram I'm Nutbush Jimmy Limits after the Ike and Tina Turner song <laughs> there you go I, I dig it so I'm going to send the same thing for you that I did to Carl too and that's um we got to get you guys out here into our our, our neck of the woods. We got yes. some amazing trail runs and we got some amazing views out here. We'll get you guys climbing some big mountains with oh, us and stuff. Yes. But yeah, man, the, the the invitation's always there. Jimmy, I think this is going to help a lot of my athletes um, kind of just fall in love with running just because it's 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 an experience. It doesn't have to be something that's this monotonous or like challenging. Just go out and have a good time, and I think that's exactly what you promote. Yeah, I mean. Dude, I love everything you're doing, and and we will. We'll, we, I want to connect addict to athlete to running punks, just like we did with Primal Roots, because man, it takes a team to, of support to help people understand that that totally. they are worth the investment. Don't you think? Hundred percent. I'm I'm with you on that. And this kind <clears> of, you know, I'm amazed that I managed to do it on my own. I'm absolutely amazed that I managed to sort myself out on my own. And I just the thought of having a team behind you. Oh, it would have been so much easier. So much easier. Awesome. It's, it's like that pancake analogy, isn't it? The team is the batter. That's great. Let's just keep on making yep. this awesome pancake. I love it because I'm curious. I'll bet you've never even thought about that analogy until just right now. You're like, wait a second. Yeah, see, that's what I love about you, man. You're just like, hey, life's a pancake. You know, that's a great title for our for our episode here, man. I dig it. Life's a pancake and we are all the batter. Yeah. Yeah, we got bubbles and holes in it, man. Pour more on, pour more life on. I dig it. Athletes, you've been well fed with Jimmy Watkins. I want to thank him for being part of this because uh, I'm sure it's late night over there. Where, what, yeah, what time is it where you're at right now? Nah, you're all good. It's eight o'clock. Oh, eight o'clock. You still yeah. got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah well, that's great. I'm enjoying it. But yeah, athletes, reach out. Get on his get on his social media networks. You'll find uh, you'll find a lot of his energy and his charisma and uh, on his videos and whatnot. We'll post all the links to this. Again, Jimmy, thank you guys so much. This won't be the last interview. We're gonna have more of these. I can tell. I tell it to Carl all the time. I'm like, we gotta Amazing. get you guys over here more. Yeah. We get more. We get more downloads and listens because of your guys' accent. So they're like, yeah, <laughs> we like this. So that's really why we have you on here, just because we get more listeners because of the accent, man. You didn't care so about you know. the word I said. You're just like, look at it. I don't care about anything. This- just how you said it all, man. No, <laughs> it's great. So listeners. Download this podcast, share it with anybody who may be looking at changing their life through getting out and doing a little bit of physical work. Um, reach out to us, addictoathlete.org. Thank you, Radio Ronin and the Radio Ronin Network for hosting Team Addict to Athlete. And until next time, go turn that mess into a message. <laughs>